Ghosts are horny. Ookie. Revisiting female violence. <laughs> that could be any of these episodes. I, I hate to bring up bugs. <laughs> Once again, I have to bring up bugs. Six quick and easy steps for your common demon summoning. I accept this headcanon. Liberal propaganda. Damn cucks. This is a John Winchester hate zone. Could have had mm-hmm. Killer Optimus Prime and he had to be racist. To be fucking racist. Persqueeter. Welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Grimm. And I'm Allie. That's Allie like Cher. Mm-hmm. Allie like Madonna. No last name. None. I was born without one. Correct. <laughs> and we'll be your hosts on this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lots of little children in this episode. Lots of them, yes. little little gremlins. I love it and hate it. Yeah, it's a thing. You know, child actors, they're either great or they're horrible. There's really no in between. Oh, them. absolutely. So children. We've looked after children before. <laughs> that we have. We've done that. Tell me about a wacky time you had to watch a kid. Okay, so growing up, my parents had me pretty young. Like, I wasn't like super, they were like 19, I think. And I was just much older than like all of my cousins. My sister is four years younger than me. My brother is five. So they were kind of similar, but I was just kind of the communal babysitter for like all of my cousins and everyone. Oh my God. This is like in the realm of stories that I might've actually heard from you. I feel like we always get a story from you and I'm like, why have I never heard this? But for once I may know it. This one's not like a super bad story. It was just I gosh my parents like I would start babysitting like when I was 12 years old I would be like left with like five and six year olds so I just had babysat for a long time I very quickly learned like the trick to getting my cousins and stuff to like behave because like my parents would leave me with like eight children I wasn't like (laughs) babysitting just my siblings and so like I would play games my favorite was I just would do that asshole young babysitter like we're going to play puppies where um, I just throw something and you all chase it while I sit and watch TV. Incredible. Or like I would do the <laughs> quiet game. Like, oh, whoever yes. can be quiet the longest. Definitely we would play royalty where I would pretend to be the king and they would all have to um, <laughs> win the favor of the king. It was literally all I did was just come up for games for them to behave. That was just my yeah. babysitting thing. What about you, Allie? So I have worked with kids since I was like 10 years old and I continue to. So it's hard to pick one, but I have to say one summer I was watching a three-week-old, a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And I was there for 10 hours a day. So it was a lot. And I had never watched a newborn before. um, And he had never like been bottle fed before me three weeks old. So it was a lot. The thing is, I love these kids. Like it ended up being a great job, but one day I've never been so creeped out. I swear to all things good. Their basement was haunted. Mm -hmm. It was so fucking haunted. And there was like a playroom and the kids would always try to get me to go there. And I'd find any excuse not to go. And one day I'm alone and it's like two hours into the shift. I've just got the baby down. It's like 8 a.m. Um, and all of a sudden there's this noise in the basement 
And I swear to God, I was so afraid. I like sprint down there and the kids are like terrified. They don't know what's going on. Something repeatedly kept setting off this little fire truck. Never did before, never did after until I took the batteries out because I had to go down like two or three times and I was convinced I was going to die. And to this day, like I will take 20 screaming children over one haunted basement. Very scary. I don't like that one bit. I like how classic of a start it is to a horror movie. Like, yeah. I was like, I'm going to get murdered. Yeah. While you're trying to like take care of these small humans. Yeah. So there's a three and a five-year-old crying upstairs, waking the new board. And oh, I'm geez. like, I don't know what to do. I was like 19 years old. Oh God. Wow. And I'm sure you got paid next to nothing to take care of three children. Actually, they paid me like $20 an hour cash. It was amazing. Oh, oh wow. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was a good job. <laughs> what about you, Jasper? So mine is from when I was 19 also. It was when my sister uh, was, was born. I think she must have been maybe like six months at the time that this happened, she wasn't like an infant infant, but she was like a baby, you know, yeah. and I forget what was going on, but I was at home alone with her and she just would not stop crying. Oh my God. I could not get her to stop crying. And I'm sitting in this, like, you know, not like a rocker, but like, like a, a glider, that kind of chair. You know what I mean? Yeah. It like scoots back and forth, but it's not like a up and down at all anyway so I'm sitting in this dang thing I'm holding this baby patting her back and doing literally everything I can think of to get her to stop crying and she just will not stop crying so then I start crying (laughs) I'm like why won't you stop (laughs) I was like literally having like a meltdown like a real ass meltdown just like insane spiral (laughs) completely freaking out I don't even remember how this concluded that's how out of control my my brain got (laughs) oh goodness so not like the best babysitting adventure I've ever had I don't know most of the time when I watch my youngest sisters I uh I just like lay down and let them jump on me essentially (laughs) I'm not I don't get to see them very much so they're always very hyper when I'm around Yeah, whenever I see my niece or nephew, they're always just immediately like, you're my servant for the day. And I'm like, oh, starting it off early. My nephew comes up to me and he's like, you like spooky? He asks me this every time I see him, like every other week is the Mm -hmm. most infrequent I'll see him. And then he'll be like, I like spooky. And he talks like that and tells me spooky stories. I love that. Terrifying. I love it. Raising the next generation (laughs) of spooky children. I love that. I love that. Gotta get them early. Mm -hmm. Today's episode is season three, episode two, The Kids Are All Right, the one where Dean gets an even minier me. This episode was written by Eric Kripke and Sarah Gamble and directed by Phil Screechia and originally aired on October 11th, 2007. Alternative one sentence summary, the one where the kids are not all right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hilarious. I love that. Okay, anyway, so this cold open sucks. I'm just going to say that right out. I don't like it. Same. It's not often that I'm like, fuck this cold open, because I usually like them. They're like little horror story setups, you know? Yeah. No, it sucks. What the fuck is with the rocking horse? 
like why you know and the whole like i still am watching it like what is with the having to get away from the dad thing yeah i what is that about why does he have to die (laughs) i like the second half of this cold open i like the horror of being in a garage and the thing bringing him and the rocking chair in the background i don't like how they set it up with the daughter because they never talk about why she like thought he was bad before right also like it doesn't make sense with the storyline they never explain how he died like yeah it's just so it's it's like usually usually they get real into like investigating (laughs) the place where they die like the crime scene and looking at the body and all this stuff but they're just like nah they're like that man died (laughs) i had wrote down was this the cold open for a different episode like i felt like they had planned out an episode scrapped it last minute but they're like what we've already filmed this fucking scene gotta run with it right right strange it was this is really weird i think you know as weirdly paced as the cold open was it, it almost set us up to be ready for how weirdly paced the episode was Correct. <laughs> so in that sense it was like a good introduction into uh episode two. Oh, absolutely yeah in the worst of ways it fit the episode yeah i do enjoy the first scene after the title card though just like awkward sibling interactions and sam is continuing to talk to bobby about the demon deal and how to get out of it but he's trying to hide it because he's been told specifically not to now and all that is is fun with the why are you ordering pizza we are literally at a restaurant yeah he can't think of anything better come on sam you know as much as i like the sort of like coming up with an excuse to go to a specific place to visit somebody thing the whole diatribe about Lisa being a yoga teacher and like bendiest weekend of my life or whatever. I'm like, that's enough. Like you've really gone on enough about this. They call yeah. her Gumby girl, which I get what they're going for with the bendiness, but I was expecting like this ugly fucking green creature <laughs> after he says that, like this horrible monster of a woman. Oh, some yeah. monster fuckery would have been what we needed. <laughs> the only that actually was the only line out of that whole diatribe that I was okay with because he was like does that make me pokey and I'm like you know what I like the implication that you're getting pegged <laughs> I'm all right with that yeah I'm okay with that you know yeah at first I thought this was going to be a Sam episode because of how stupid that interaction was but it was not so yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Sam is still sort of in this indulging Dean and his mm-hmm. ridiculous YOLO phase, which I I sort of like that interaction or the tone of that interaction. I think it's it's definitely different from most of how they've talked to each other for all of season two and season one, which was a lot of them butting heads. I feel like Sam in this scene is kind of like the, oh man, like, what are you going to do? My brother is a weirdo. And I support that. Yeah. The the literal, oh, brother. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. Once again, I am hilarious. Lisa herself is fucking gorgeous, by the way. That actress. Oh, man. Beautiful. Her eyes just pop. 
I know they're so brown. I got to say, though, and this isn't a problem throughout the whole episode, but it is an issue immediately, in my opinion. The fuck does she let him in her house for? Like, let me tell you what. I don't have my own kids. I just got my little baby siblings or whatever. There ain't no way I would be letting a hookup from eight years ago into my goddamn house. I don't care how good he was in bed. I don't care how pretty he is. No way. Especially at my kid's birthday party. Like, uh uh-uh. I'd be like, you have to leave. Sorry. I, like, literally would bolt the door. Plus, like... I guarantee he found her in the phone book. Yeah. And it, the boys have cell phones now. He could have mm-hmm. just sent her a ring. Been like, hey, can True. I pop over for some hanky panky? Yeah, literally. Instead, he like shows up. And there's the whole thing about like, I remember you like surprises or whatever. He drops that doozy of a line. But I'm just like, first off, what the fuck are you thinking, Dean? And then second off, Lisa, I know we all have panic moments, but your child is eight. (laughs) And like, it's established she was attracted to him because he's a bad boy. Like, you're going to let the bad boy into the children's birthday party. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like, (sighs) I don't agree with her choice to let him in. But old man is a power move. This man shows up clearly intending to sleep with you. And you're like, yeah, come on in. And then he is put in the most uncomfortable situation of being at a child's birthday party. Like, that's a power move. Yeah, no, that definitely, you have a point there. You definitely have a point there. I wouldn't have thought of it that way. But yeah, he is so immediately uncomfortable too. I will say I'm glad he was let in though because like I actually really like these sequence of scenes. I feel mixed about them but yeah. they're very fun. Yes. So we've met Lisa and she's like doing whatever. She is just like yeah fuck off essentially like immediately mm-hmm. going to talk to her friend and then um, Dean is left to go do whatever at an eight-year-old's birthday party I do like how we have the question of whether it's Dean's child because the child is also deeply embedded with heteronormativity culture. Yeah, what the fuck is up with that? Okay, yeah, we get into this bit where Dean is like observing Ben and talking to Ben and Ben likes all the same crap that he does. It's like all the cars and the ACDC and he, you know, talks crassly and has his hair done the same and wears the same fucking kind of jacket. And there's all this crap about things being epic and calling people dude and all this shit. And it's so, for me, it's deeply cringy. Like I am just like the secondhand embarrassment, like deep, deep within my soul. I'm like, no, like that's even worse than the previous, which is him realizing the situation that he's gotten into. The the Ben bit just escalates it for me. And I'm sorry, I'm I'm sure he's very sweet kid or very nice young man now or whatever, however the fuck old he is, but bad bad child actor it did not help did not help him you liked him yes maybe because i see dean as so socially awkward that i'm like i take the bad acting as socially awkward it's possible for me i kind of liked all of the cringy parts of dean reflected onto a child that's cringy yeah i found that funny I mean, yeah, there's a sort of intellectual humor there that I can understand. It's just I also look at it and I'm like, no, 
I think it would have been much better if they just got rid of the tiny scene with the bounce house. That was the one that was the hardest for me to get through. Chicks love a bounce house. That was yeah. horrifying. I was like, <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do this. Yeah. It was so bad. You know, I still can't tell watching that scene if Dean is endeared by these things or really perturbed by them or not perturbed, disturbed by them or a combination or what like obviously when he brings it up with Lisa he's like nervous and very awkward about asking if like Ben is his kid but like it I don't know I it seems to sort of go back and forth between amusement and not (laughs) here with Ben I completely agree I think it was probably kind of a mix of emotions because of how quickly he wanted to get to know this child more It is a little weird that she was so against his questioning, though, because I'm like, I'm sure he was at one point considered for possibly being this child's father. Right. More than being upset about him asking, it it seemed like she just didn't want to talk about it. Like, it just seemed like she felt as awkward as he did and was like, no, you're not. Don't do this. (laughs) Yeah. I took this as a power move also because we find out she's done DNA testing. She knows who's his dad. She knows like why he's probably thinking this. And then she lets him squirm and question. I love that. Like, honestly, so iconic of her. Yeah. I am. I am. I like Lisa as a character. I know that Mm -hmm. she's pretty much detested in most segments of fandom, but I, I don't know. I think she's all right. I like her. Yeah. Yeah, that's strange. I will say I like Lisa, but I think it's really strange to have such a strong opinion of this character because we get how much time with her. <laughs> right. True, 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 true. I mean, you know, she's just interrupting the, the flow. True. Can't have anyone, you know, coming in between the brothers. That makes sense. Now I get why people hate Lisa. Nah. And, also and sexism. every single female character gets this treatment, basically. Oh God. Yes. I have to talk about the gossipy moms at this party because for as much as I complained about the way Dean was talking about Lisa to Sam when he was like, this is why I want to go to Cicero. I love to have that turned around on its head. They don't even care. They're so blatant about talking about like, I heard that he's a good fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're barely whispering. And he walks up to them and they're like so clearly like eyeballing him and stuff. And he's so uncomfortable. And I'm like, well, there you go. What do you think of that? Yeah. How does that make you feel, bud? That is the type of parent I want to be. I want to be the one at like children's parties blatantly gossiping about everyone's past. Like you can't mm-hmm. tell me anything. I feel like you will be. I'm going to strive. I'll work real hard and try. (laughs) Yeah, I was also glad that that like weird sexist stuff got turned around on Dean. I'm like, you deserve it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for real. I was like, good. Squirm. (laughs) The other part of this scene that's going on, other than the whole Lisa and Ben and what is Dean's relationship to them, is more plot beat stuff. So Lisa is talking to a neighborhood mom who doesn't have a fucking name. They don't name this character on IMDb literally listed as Katie's mom. By the way, 
I did we already talk about that earlier? I don't we know. We did not. Y'all, we're talking about it now. Her name is just Katie's mom for some fucking reason. She's gorgeous, by the way. Yeah. So beautiful. I looked to see if she was in anything that I recognized, but no, not really. Mm. Um, just been doing TV for a really long time. She's mm. Canadian. Yeah. Anyway, so she's talking to Lisa and she's like, that's not my daughter. And Lisa's like, go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> she's like you're nuts that's your daughter (laughs) to be fair i would say the same though yeah no i totally would too i i would be really concerned that my my neighbor was having like a a psychotic break yes um like you know posted hugely traumatic situation Mm -hmm. oh yeah stress and everything not in a condescending way just Mm -hmm. a concerned way and then that's how we then learn about the accidents in the neighborhood. Yeah. Because Dean is a fucking busybody and can't leave well enough alone. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I heard about her husband getting brutally accidentally killed on his own table saw in the garage. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Like this whole conversation to me is so fucking weird and contrived. It's yeah. it's bizarre. It's truly bizarre. I love how she says it's just a lot of bad luck lately. I feel like that's definitely a major understatement. Having this scene in the middle of the birthday party when we're so focused on Dean was kind of a little whiplashy, but I agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pacing wise, it was a weird choice. I get it. Kind of. But I'm also like, I don't know, I feel like Lisa and uh, Katie's mom character really could have been combined. Right? In the one character. I really don't understand why this was two characters. And this is the only interaction with Katie's mom and Lisa. Like, Dean and Sam don't have any interaction with her either. That's highly unusual for, like, uh, the main victim to not have any interactions with them at all. You know, she kind of had her own little subplot going on. Yeah. And I mean, she killed it. Like, I thought she was more compelling than Lisa. But I also thought, Lisa, why are you letting this weird man into your house? So (laughs) I may have been a a little biased. (laughs) I just, yeah, again, like, I don't understand why that was split up. Sarah Gamble, I have so many questions for you about so many things. And this is one (laughs) of them. Are we ready to talk about the first scene between Sam and Ruby that we get? I would love to talk about that. I am low-key obsessed with Ruby. Like, (laughs) she's just so mean and weird. She sits down and is like, man, fries are great. As if people don't know. And she's like, hey, 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 with the ketchup. ketchup. (laughs) So fucking weird. I will only put Black Canary in my notes. Like, I know I've watched, I watched this before I watched Arrow, but to me, that role just changed it. I mean, she does bring a lot of life to Ruby here, so I can see why Mm -hmm. she became like a CW regular. Um, She's playing Mm -hmm. the kind of returned recently into the world kind of role very well here. Is that your impression of her? That is my impression. Yes, because I assume that she would have came to Earth when the Gates of Hell opened up in the finale of season two. Right, yeah. And she's like reveling in it all. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Really enjoying French fries. Just loving French fries, slitting the throats of the seven deadly sins. She's just vibing. She's just girl bossing. She's girl bossing. 
<laughs> but yeah, I love that she's like low key mean. Like in the previous episode, we mentioned like all she says to Sam is, I'm the one that just saved your ass. And then she's like, <laughs> bye, Sam, like yeah. immediately. And in this one, she immediately accuses him of being a damsel in distress. <laughs> and it's just like really curt with him the entire yeah. time. Yeah, I know. And being the damsel in distress is Dean's job. So, but, okay, um, if she's girl boss, Sam is definitely gatekeep, and Dean is definitely gaslight. Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. <laughs> Holy Trinity. <laughs> this is just a good scene. They're just like hitting us with these revelations. Like, mm-hmm. like, oh, you weren't excited for season three? Well, get ready for it. Here's all of these little plot threads we're just going to throw out there. I'm so glad we're talking about their mom for once because we've had so much like look into the dad's past like dad knows everything so now we finally have something more than just our mother died a brutal death yeah Yeah, now now there's all this like there's all this secrecy and like Mm -hmm. they've been embroiled in some larger conspiracy and there are two other things that are interesting after last episode where they had referred to Sam as being the boy king and the prodigy or something um yeah the prodigy the prodigy ruby calls him the antichrist immediately yeah she just flat out like oh you're the antichrist <laughs> yeah and then she also says that she's a hunter which i do not believe uh-huh but that is like answering a question there like you're like oh who is this girl and she comes in and she's like i'm just a better hunter than you She's fun. It's really fun. I like how she always just like drops a bomb and walks away. We had, she knows Sam's name. Now she's like, look into your mom's past. And each time she's just like, bye. Freaky, quirky girl. I love it. (laughs) Ha ha. I'm going to eat your fries. Bye. Bye. (laughs) I have to talk about though, when Sam is like, why are you following me? He keeps pressing her and she's not giving a real answer. And at some point she's like, I'm interested in you because you're tall. I forgot about that. That was amazing. Yeah, no. But the thing with that is it's like the age old fucking conundrum. Like, is this guy hot or is he just tall? You know what I mean? I feel like much of the time he's just tall. Just tall. Just tall. But isn't that enough to be hot? To Allie. That's, I mean, that's what we're trying to figure out here, Allie. That's what we're trying to figure out. My answer, yes. Yeah, no. So, so in your book, hot is tall so it's basically like asking is he hot or is he hot is what I'm getting from you exactly exactly if you're tall it's a plus two because I'm tall oh yeah that's right sorry I always forget that you're tall (laughs) same Uh, y'all are the worst I'm sorry I'm sorry no for me I definitely just tall happens a lot I'm Mm -hmm. like oh just just tall I feel like a lot of my friends, that's the case. We've been bamboozled. Could I take a minute to talk about the fashion? Absolutely. The clothing. It's so important to me. Ruby is in basically the same outfit that she was in last time. The layered tank tops, the tough looking jacket, all of this stuff. I love it. I love it. I love the waterline eyeliner. You don't see that a lot anymore. No, not at all. This is an episode that has a Sam shirt that I adore, by the way. Oh, which one? The pink one. Sam's pink shirt. Adorable. I love it. It's so cute. Mm -hmm. It's a good shirt. It is. 
And it's like, it's crazy because I'm usually like whatever about his shirts, unless it's that one that I detest. But this is like, wow, look at you go wearing your little pink button down. So cute. I got to say, Lisa's outfit, while like the cut of it is super nice. It makes her look so tall, like really mm-hmm. long with the dropped waist mm-hmm. going on. But man, is that shirt ugly. Like, I'm pretty sure she could wear anything and look great. But that shirt was just bad. It looks like a 90s takeaway cup, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you don't have to put an ugly shirt on a woman to, like, make her a mom. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, as evidenced by Katie's mom, who at that party was wearing, she was wearing, like, a lavender shirt. It's the same shirt from later in the episode. Yeah, like, because she doesn't change it. It's got that high cut sleeve with the ruched armpit and bust. So it makes her look very, um, I don't know, like it, it really accentuates like her, her whole like arm, like shoulder <laughs> thing going yeah. on. I don't know. I like, I don't know how to explain what I mean, but it looked good. And then she had like that maroon colored cropped blazer thing yeah. that was going with it too. And I'm like, thank God we're getting some fucking colors going on. <laughs> in this show like not everybody has to wear like fucking brown or olive green jesus even like the moms at the party like one of them was wearing like a white and red shirt one of the neighbor moms was wearing like a lavender sweater and i'm like thank fucking christ yeah (laughs) it just drives me insane yeah I thought you two would find this hilarious. So I waited to tell you. Meryl on Instagram messaged us. Her husband likes the podcast too and bought the shirt. Oh, that's oh, so funny. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Sam's purple dog shirt. The purple dog, dog shirt. shirt. So Sam fashion is spreading. Hell yeah. Oh, you know what? I need the purple dog shirt. I do. I need yes, it. I've do. had it open in like a tab on my phone for a while. And I'm way. just like, I don't know if I want to spend $25 on this, which, you know, shipping included and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot. It's a lot for a ridiculous dog shirt. Yeah. That way both you and Meryl's husband could be Samanistas. Yeah. yeah. Samanistas? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Oh my God. <laughs> horrible fashion moment though gotta Mm. point it out sam's insurance salesman (laughs) guy outfit what the fuck was happening he looks like a mortician it's so bad he's got like that brown suit right Mm -hmm. um you know you get kind of close it looks like it might be tweed but it isn't and then he's wearing like this white uh button down that has green and blue check on it (laughs) okay so like you've got the green and blue and white check with the brown suit and then on top of that there's that like atrocious like rust orange tie with like the weird gold Mm -hmm. cube pattern going on on it like what the fuck kind of outfit like why sir i will say it did look like very swiftly thrifted goodwill suit yeah at that yeah it was like this is a suit that's been sitting in a thrift store for 25 years yeah to me it it was like um the lost and found at an 80s men's club it was something not a highlight for sure low light indeed Mm -hmm. his hair was cute though yeah his hair looked good all episode and that concludes 
that that's all i have to say about the costumes that's all the fashion that is that's all of it and all there ever will oh, be wait no actually i forgot one thing oh what is it okay i know katie was like creepy as all get out yeah fucking baby pink denim jacket at the birthday party that was a fucking look i'm gonna like mug that child and steal her jacket you should <laughs> as is your right as a gay it is my right (laughs) this is the gay agenda yeah Yeah, the gay agenda is put chemicals in the water to turn the frogs gay and also children give me your clothes and also like the frogs don't need to be turned gay let's be fucking real that's true the frogs are already gay yes i've seen those limp wrists on those frogs Is next where we get the big creepy child? All I have in my notes is, I hate children. Yeah, children are terrifying. Let's take some time to talk about Katie and her mom and that whole thing. The other changelings too. Because there's like the creepy kids at the park who are just staring. Mm -hmm. But Katie herself is just, what the fuck is happening with her? Like she has the clinginess level of like, you know, those... um, I don't even know if this would have been on TLC or, but it feels like TLC, like the kind of show that like interviews a mom who like breastfed her children for way too fucking long. You know what the fuck I mean? Like the cleanliness level is like, I breastfed my child until she was like almost five years old. Like that's how like weird the behavior feels. It does. But I know like kids do act creepy. So to me, I would almost be like, if I were the parent, I'd be like, yeah, this is a face. Like, yeah, this checks out because kids are fucking creepy. Well, and her dad just died too. So like that adds (laughs) another layer onto it. But that child was especially creepy. Yeah, no, for sure. If any of the other stuff wouldn't do it, the banging on the bathroom door and all that was like a lot. That scene was hard. That may have been like one of the scariest moments in the TV show so far for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what do you like, girl, back off. Like, maybe she's trying to take a dump. Like, yeah, leave her you alone. don't know. <laughs> okay, but have you never had kids do that? No, yeah. I have. I hate it then too. I'm usually <laughs> like, hey, I'm trying to take a dump. Leave me alone. <laughs> but yeah, no, that whole thing is really weird. I do like that they have the whole you know, reflections revealing the truth trope pop up. So she sees the reflection of her daughter and it's like the weird puckered skin. And she's like, "Mm, that's not right. (laughs) That's not right. That's incorrect. (laughs) I like thought that this was a moment to do something like kind of cool. I would have loved if they went with the more like Gaelic kind of changeling instead of just this like ambiguous, like CGI horror shit. I don't know. Uh, I didn't mind the weird sphincter face thing they had going on. (laughs) I didn't mind it. (laughs) At least like covering her face. Oh my Um, gosh. It's so true though. It is. It is. It is. Like, sorry, this is what it is. But it's basically just like another kind of vampire, I think. Which, you know, I like, I get it. Like monsters, there's a lot of overlap between, and we talked about with the the gin, like there's overlap (laughs) between you know, draining life force, draining mm-hmm. soul, energy, like essence and like blood itself being a, a life source and the essence of the body. So yeah, but it's still, it's still just like, oh, come on. 
Yeah, I'm I actually not. liked it, but I'll save why until when we go in the lore. Okay. Okay. Oh hell yeah. I see. I'm not saying I I dislike it. It's just mm-hmm. I was just sort of like, you know, generally grumbly. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, I am like so on Katie's mom's side this whole time. I'm like, somebody should listen to Katie's mom. I wish she had a real name and not Katie's mom. KM. Um, what? KM. Pam. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. We're calling her Cam for the rest of the episode because mm-hmm. it's just faster. I love, I love Cam being like, get in the car. We're going to get ice cream. And then like, uh-huh. I'm going to drown my daughter in the car. But like, girl, first off, you're going to need your car. Second off, they're immediately going to know it's you. This if to they me find was, the daughter in the car at the yeah. bottom of the lake. It's like, girl, just drown that kid in the tub. Okay, but actually it's kind of a smart idea because how you plead for insanity. And if you make that plea in court, the way they find you like capable or not is whether you were like, quote unquote, stable enough to know whether to hide the body. And since doing that, it wouldn't hide the body. It would show that she was like so out of her mind that she just did something that everyone would know you could play for insanity. Yes, so I, I see my thing is that like, if you go the drowning in the tub method, then you can just be like, I was out of the room for a minute and she fucking drowned. You can drown in a teaspoon of water. It doesn't take that much. And kids are not coordinated. So you'd be like, oh, it's a tragic accident. I don't know about all of that, but I definitely was laughing my ass off when she took and rolled and yeeted her child into a lake. (laughs) And the kid is like looking back at her like, fuck you. (laughs) I was just like, this is a little bit of an overcorrection. Like, we got here real quick, lady. Like... (laughs) Yeah, that escalated fast. I mean, it was after she found the big bruise on her neck from like the puncture. And she was like, oh, this is like really not my kid. Mm -hmm. So like, I get it. And with no one listening to her, fine. But yeah, that did escalate quickly. My first instinct would probably be to tie her up somewhere and like call a doctor. I would have left the house. Like you're on your own now, Katie. I don't know what I would have done. I'm kind of like, I understand why she did it, but I did feel like it was a big jump. Maybe I would like put poison on the back of my neck. <laughs> like a rat poison? It's a little, little seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens? See, that's, I feel like even more reckless because when the fuck is a kid going to get in a rat poison? <laughs> well, then you have to deal with the repercussions of the autopsy. What's the cause of death? Rat poison. Maybe, oh, the mom murdered her. Maybe changelings are like cats and if you just put a little bit of a lemon wedge on your neck, it'll just I'll be like, them. ew, I don't yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, we could have we tried some things. True. <laughs> I do like that you know the daughter's back from the dripping noises. Yeah, that was cool. And like Cam is like sniffling with her purse and stuff. And then all of a sudden her daughter is just dripping wet at the table. Like, can we have ice cream now? Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Obsessed. I think it's even scarier that the daughter's like not mad. She seemed kind of pissed to me. Not like... Not like screaming and yelling and throwing a fit mad, but like quietly resentful. See, to me, I felt like she was gloating. 
Well, are we ready to move from creepy children to like annoying children? No, because <laughs> I want to hear about changelings from Allie. I would love to tell you about changelings. So changelings are so interesting. This is weirdly something I've been obsessed with like when I was a kid, but it was mainly doppelgangers. I thought they were doppelgangers too. Mm-hmm. But changeling are European, sometimes Irish, Scottish, sometimes German. Obviously, things vary as people move, um, different cultures. But overall, it was the idea that a different child is switched with the quote-unquote normal child, and typically by fairies, elves, or trolls. Fucking trolls. Sometimes elderly could be replaced with a baby instead. Which... Wait, with a baby? Yeah. When you find a new old old person, they'd just be like, hey, uh, borrowing grandma, here's a baby. Yes, which is the most fascinating to me because how do you even explain that? I, uh, what? I've never heard that before. It's very what we do in the shadows season three. <laughs> so changelings, there were one of three reasons that supposedly these babies were switched. One was for malice or revenge on the humans. One was to act as a servant for the humans, which I guess is pretty nice. And one was so that the fairies would receive human love. Oh, which is so sad. What the fuck? They just wanted some love. They would like, quote unquote, trade these babies, the real baby for this baby. And it was in reality, often a way to deal with one of three things. So some of it stemmed from postpartum depression, which now we know a lot more about. And it's also like something someone could use as an excuse if they went through that and didn't have the support for a mother to get through that. Sometimes it was to explain deformities or different abilities in a child, um, because obviously that was looked down on a lot we didn't understand things. So people were blamed saying like, well, something had to be wrong with the parents or about sinning. And so they could quote unquote, like blame it on the kid, say it's a changeling. And then the last one's the most interesting to me and why I like this version. The way most people knew it was a changeling is this like insatiable hunger. And when you think about that, these were often poor people depending on like seasons, harvests, all different things, some years people would not survive. And so if you had a young child, of course it would feel draining and you could kind of go the route of thinking that this is a changeling draining you. And that was a way to kind of excuse. And then often the way to deal with a changeling was infanticide. So this was kind of showing the reality of the lack of like resources and ability for a lot of parents, especially the impoverished and and kind of like a way, I feel like a lot of legends are a way to deal with the issues we're facing. So that's definitely one of not being able to like not having enough to even feed your child. And then they excuse like a solution for you. I'm not even saying that they did this on purpose because I'm sure people were genuinely convinced and like, what are you going to do in this time? So that's why I really like that they're kind of like bloodsucker weird leeches because of that idea. And I do want to just shout out that also sometimes, so we know the young and the old, but sometimes the fairies would steal young brides or young women to marry the fairies. Yeah. See, that's that. 
feels more correct than the elderly still in my brain. Yes. Who is yeah. going after these elderly people? Like, I'm very confused. Um, but this is like such a prevalent idea that in 1895, right before the 1900s, uh, Bridget clearly was murdered by her husband because he thought she was a changeling. So this is something that's really prevalent. And in a lot of European cultures, other cultures have similar, but I just concentrated on where the term changeling comes from and that's yeah. the lore. Yeah, in my experience, just like reading about like changeling and some faith stuff in general, a lot of times, yeah, it was to either reason in having to or wanting to kill somebody or a way to explain away a death. Yeah, it's so weird that it's used here then because it's not working with any of the same kind of thematic concepts at all that yeah. like changeling stories work with. Like it, here it's about, do you know if your child is your child? Yeah. Like that's that's what it is because Dean is like, oh, is this my kid? But like there's no way of knowing when you've been gone for most <laughs> of the childhood. So sucks to suck, bro. I don't know. I don't know. I I think it was an interesting usage here. And I like that they, they did a different kind of monster. Even if I occasionally was like, meh, about it. Like, yeah. okay, the other time that I was like, I, are you fucking kidding me? It was when they had like... <laughs> the realtor changeling i was like come on dude (laughs) but whatever yeah and that was weird to me that one aspect of it it is also interesting to me like how this would change in a culture today because for the most part we have at least resources we don't have mass starvation Mm -hmm. as we did in the past like food scarcity is absolutely still a thing but it's just so different in our society now that I I kind of like the question of what would this look like today? Well, I'm thinking about like, since it so often had to do with um, deformity and disability, Mm -hmm. like obvious physical disability, you know, what kind of things cause that now Mm -hmm. in the womb? And it's like pollution is the big one that pops up. Like immediately I'm thinking of like the soft plastics leaching into the water and causing all kinds of weird side effects. I would love to see this with Los Maltamento, which is like the dumping of illegal waste in Italy. Like, yeah, it'd be so cool to have a horror movie about this based on that. Like, you yes, could do yes, it in yes. interesting ways. Yes, yes. Who's writing these stories? Write these stories for us, people. Yeah, we don't want to. Please do it for us. Yeah. I need to save my creative energy for making stupid jokes on this podcast and for working on my poetry chat book. So there. Someone else write this pollution-based changeling story. I'm realizing now also, by the way, I must apologize, Jordan, because I went out of order. It was totally my fault when I interrupted and was like, no, it's Allie's turn to speak because I thought you were skipping ahead. But in fact, twas I. I mean, I liked it. I think it fit really well there. So I do not mind. But are we ready to talk about the whole scene with Ben? In the park. Yeah. In the park. I have a lot of weird mixed feelings about this scene, actually. Why are they always approaching children in parks? I don't know. See, I would never do that. Never. I I, like maybe I would wave if I saw the kid and I recognized him, but I wouldn't sit down next to him. Like I met him this morning. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, that's just very weird. Weirdo behavior. I'm like... (sighs) I don't think this kid is learning how to talk like this from his mom. It's obviously from his peers. Mm-hmm. But when Ben is like, only bitches get help from grownups. I'm like, 
my insides feel like they're melting. I'm like, like that horrifies me to hear. I'd be like, the fuck's wrong with you, kid? I don't know. But like Dean is so like endeared by it. He's Mm. like just so pleased. I don't know. I'm like, Jesus, dude. Like, so that makes him look like a fucking weirdo too. Like every, every time Ben does something that is something that Dean does, I feel like it just makes Dean look that much more immature and childish. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I agree. it's so cringy and that's so like a line written by baby boomers like Wait. it's so uncomfortably not something someone would say right yeah no totally this is also the second fat joke we get in like the last two episodes too i, I know like, like what they're like going hard with the fat jokes like dude come on yeah i was just like they weren't funny in 2007 not funny now <laughs> like right weird. well and it seems odd given that we've already established in the previous season that like dean doesn't actually give a shit about that yeah. mm-hmm. like there was that whole scene in Folsom prison blues <laughs> you know despite all of this bullshit and dean interfering with parenting which is way out of line oh boy oh buddy does that make me uncomfortable mm-hmm. I don't disagree with him. Yeah. I don't. Like, it's really none of his business. He shouldn't have been talking to Ben in the first place. But, like, I don't know. I definitely think you should teach your kid how to throw a punch. And you should Mm -hmm. definitely, like, teach your kid how to kick someone in the nuts if they're being an asshole to you. Yeah. Like, maybe not overtaking a video game. But like, I don't know. Uh, Yeah. Still telling, telling him to do that when you're not a parent is like why would you do like that is so I'm still reeling from like I've seen this episode a number of times and I'm just like what the fuck it's (laughs) wildly inappropriate yeah it's it's like way out of line Mm -hmm. and also like Lisa is not watching her child like she knows her child gets bullied there because she doesn't seem too concerned about him having his video game stolen, probably because of the house that they live in, to be honest. Yeah, she's doing good for a yoga teacher. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, Dean got to talk to her child for quite a long time before she mm-hmm. noticed. And, like, that's <laughs> a big Did they say where flag. she was? Like, what the fuck was she doing? She just them? ran up out of nowhere, so I guess she would have just been reading at a park bench or something. Yeah, did she go to, like, pick him up? Like, what is this narrative? Right, and it's the same day, mm-hmm. isn't it? So, like, because she was wearing the same shirt. She just had, yeah. like, a jacket on. So I'm, I'm sort of like, where the fuck were you? Like, I don't know. This whole thing is bizarre to me. But good for her for being, like, get away from my kid. Get out of here. Yeah. Don't be trying to parent my my child. Yeah. Who the fuck do you think you are? Like, this is the attitude that should have been front and center, like, mm-hmm. from the beginning. So I'm like, yes, go you. Yes, this is correct. Sorry for the amount of rambling that happened there. Like I said, I'm just like overwhelmed and blown away by the inappropriateness of everyone's behavior. Yeah, it's just (laughs) fucking weird. It is. Like, like, Sarah Gamble, let me inside your brain. Don't. No, thank you. Next, when they're like going to deal with the changelings, Dean's like, well, let me just go tell Lisa real quick that she should leave town. I like this scene too because Lisa is like actually continue to fuck off like what the actual fuck (laughs) I was just having a ball seeing Dean like squirm and get yelled at repeatedly in this episode like 
I love my sweet little angel, but also sometimes you need to back the fuck off and sit the fuck down, bro. And like, how fucking weird would this be? I would be convinced that I was getting robbed by him. Like something weird was going on. I would probably be leaving the house with my kid anyway, because I'd be like, I don't like that this person knows where I live. I know Mm -hmm. the cops aren't going to care if I call and are like, hey, this dude is stalking me. So I'd probably be driving like an hour out to go to like a very public place. True. Personally. Yeah, his behavior here is definitely a little bit creepy. And I understand that he's like trying to save their lives and it's an extreme situation, but a little tax would be useful. Like if you're going to have to be put in a situation where you need to communicate urgency to this woman, don't go stalk her child at the park. Right. Yeah. I probably would have sent Sam. Yeah. I'm going to make it a little sad. Uh Uh-oh. What if he does this because he never had a parental figure or anyone looking out for him. So he doesn't know what healthy boundaries with children are or how to convey your concern or look out of them in an appropriate manner for your relationship with that child. I mean, I'm sure that's true. I mean, that's true and real. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, poor Dean. Yeah. No, poor little guy. Poor but also dude. stay away from kids yeah yeah also yeah back back up sit down yeah, i mean he learned he learned his lesson i feel like yeah. hopefully 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 yeah hopefully so when he gets turned away that's when he notices like the red sand on like the window seal with the window open i think it was paint yeah mm-hmm. oh it was yeah. paint and that ben's like not acting the same as he was for the two seconds dean had met him oh yeah so he like tried to kick him out he's like bye dean make him leave mom And I love how she's finally like, you heard him. (laughs) Yeah. So they they go to the construction site where the Mm -hmm. house is being built. And they find all the kids in the cages and they let them out and all this stuff. And I think they they try and um, not so subtly put Ben into this role of like trying to help out and like herd the kids and be Mm -hmm. like the the head kid kid leader which dean is impressed with but i'm also like no (laughs) i i don't like it personally like the scene where ben is like take my jacket to lay on top of the broken glass like no that should have been dean's jacket it's bigger anyway yeah and to me i'm like you don't even fucking know this kid. Like, just let this kid be. <laughs> right. <laughs> Inappropriate boundaries. And, like, yeah, he was good in this situation. How many years worth of therapy is it going to cost to get any of these kids to a healthy space again? Right. Oh, my fucking God. Well, and, like, I just felt like this scene was unneeded. We've already figured out that, like, Dean sees himself in this child. He wonders what his life would be like if he had had a child. And he's thinking about his mortality. Like, we've already established this. We did not need this very strange scene of Ben continuing to be like him. Yeah. It was just a little too much for me. Yeah, they're really laying it on thick. Like, they're like, do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? I feel like I'm being hit in the head with a mallet. And then we have the realtor changeling which I don't understand what the fuck that was about other than they wanted to have a boss changeling. Mm -hmm. I will say I liked when they burned her up and Mm -hmm. then all the other changelings flamed out. It was weird to me because if this is like from trolls or fairies or whatever implies Mm -hmm. this is what they look like. Like realtors. (laughs) 
mean the sucker on her face. Yeah, sphincter face. Yes, that more than the realtor part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the one scene that I like the pacing of. Like, I think Mm -hmm. the tension that it's built between cutting between this fight and the kids escaping and also Lisa and Cam having to deal with their respective changeling things within the privacy of their homes. Yeah, it feel if there's a lot of urgency suddenly, you're like, oh, because everyone's getting attacked in different places. But it's really the only place where I was like, yes, this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. So we finally move on to Dean delivers Ben to Lisa. Yeah. And the other children. I do like that he was honest about what was Mm -hmm. going on with her. You know, it's kind of weird to explain. Well, my kid burst into flames. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And now he's here again. So like, yeah. Also, has anyone checked up on Katie's mom? Is anyone going to make sure she's okay now? Like, is Lisa going to go a couple doors down and be like, hey, sorry, I implied you were going cuckoo bananas. Um, (laughs) Actually, it was changelings what's up also now she lives with that she killed her kid i know it wasn't her kid but she has to now realize and go through that process yeah and like how the fuck is she gonna go to therapy about that you know uh yeah i yeah i don't know i feel bad for her i hope she's doing okay but yeah now lisa is all like nice to dean which is like fine because in my opinion she lays it on pretty thick that whatever happened with them really didn't mean anything to her. Mm -hmm. Like on top of the way that the moms acted at the party when they were all gossiping and it was just completely 100% about sex. She remarks on like the person that is Ben's dad actually. And, you know, it's just like, yeah, I had a type, whatever. Like you're just a nobody. Like this is the same as this random bar back, you know? And I think it, it, they don't say it outright, but I think it does go a long way in showing like, these are the connections Dean feels like he's made and they're kind of like nothing. Like it's almost a sad realization. Yeah. I know he puts that into him feeling like justified in his work instead, but it's also like really sad that the people that he has these memories of and these ideas of what impact he had, he didn't have that. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And that's why this last, these last couple of minutes actually are my favorite bits of the episode. Um, It's just like really heavy thematic shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just getting dumped on you. To talk a little bit more about Lisa, I love when she, again, is talking about her type. She says, leather jacket, couple of scars, no mailing address. And I, it just makes me think of how we were talking about in season one with Dean, he seems to put himself into these relationships where they're just bound to fail or like there's no way to make them work in the long term for one reason or another. And this no mailing address to me is like the exact same fucking thing, which leads me to wonder is Lisa a lesbian? <laughs> Could be. A quick I get sapphic vibes. Like, zero men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. I want her and all the bitchy neighbors to now be lesbians who also gossip about everything they know about each other. Incredible. I love that. 
perfect plan. Mm -hmm. But you see what I mean? It's like, it makes you feel like, like if your type is a man who won't be available or won't stick around, then is it possible you're not actually that interested in men? (laughs) Just, you know, floating that out there. I don't know. Something about Dean that was kind of interesting is he had hints at he's not hinted at he's like outright said last episode that he wants to quit hunting and she asked him to stick around he kind of had an out Mm -hmm. even though he only has a year left he does not take it he makes an actual choice to continue hunting well and I but I think that has to do with the fact that he realized that the connection he thought they had was just not Mm -hmm. anything to her like and she's grateful about stuff with her kid but I think there's also maybe this element of like seeing himself in Ben and knowing how his childhood was and wanting Ben's childhood to not be like that and seeing himself as poisonous to that kind of upbringing that normal upbringing Mm -hmm. and so leaving on account of that Mm -hmm. oh that's hard Yeah. yeah yeah it is there's a lot going on in this scene and I, I love that the thing that he seems regretful of the most is that he's not actually Ben's biological parent. I'm like, man, he's such a little marshmallow, actually. Mm-hmm. Like He's such a softy. Oh, my God. When he's like, I would have been proud to be Ben's dad. I'm like, damn. <sighs> I like tearing up a little like, dude. <laughs> I, I don't know. This scene is just there. It's good. And I know like the other thing and they're basically directly talking about it is like, what is Dean's actual legacy? I think this is a good follow-up. It's a good thing to think about post season two because season two was sort of wondering, or at least the beginning of season two was asking the question, well, like what is John's legacy? Like what is John leaving behind? And since we know Dean is going to die, he has this demon deal. Like now we're wondering about what is, what is Dean leaving behind? And like having Lisa say to him, essentially, that his legacy is the lives of others. I think that's an additional reason why he wouldn't want to quit hunting, even though like he doesn't like it. Yeah, which is what I was trying to lead up to. Yeah, the whole like talk of legacy. This is a very strange way of going about it. Yeah. But this last scene was so good. Well, not last, second to last, but. Yeah. It's, it's so weird, I think, because almost everything that precedes it is sort of a mess. And it's like cringy. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. It's paced so strangely. And then all of a sudden, there's this very like emotionally honest, very tender scene. And you're mm-hmm. like, the fuck did that come from? You know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this so he leaves. And this leads us finally into the last scene with Sam in this ridiculous motel room. Oh my (laughs) God. The red and gold damask wallpaper and comforters and the dark wood and the giant mirror wall and the fake flower box or whatever. What was going on in there? I don't know. I love it. So, so, so tacky. One thing that I thought was kind of interesting, though, about like going from this last scene to this scene is we kind of had a scene with Dean and Lisa about like the legacy you create for yourself. And then here we're having the legacy that was passed on to you. And exploring what that even is like, because he doesn't really know. That's a good that's a good point. 
my one beef with this scene because I think it's pretty fun otherwise um and I mean I go okay never mind I'll expand that to two I have two beefs I have two beefs the first beef is that this scene feels really incongruous with the Mm -hmm. rest of the episode yeah it just like tonally what is this doing here and then my second beef is the ruby line don't be such a racist I'm like stop don't yeah don't you like how dare you have that line as a joke like honestly fuck you (laughs) (laughs) fuck off like I'm laughing because it makes me mad and I don't know how to process my emotions correctly just like the arrogance of having Mm -hmm. that as like a comedy line yeah oh but otherwise, like, I think the way that the uh, researching and the phone calls, like the montaging of that together is good. Mm-hmm. Like it fits. Like we don't really need to have like 10 minutes of him calling different people on the phone. It builds tension nicely because we're not getting all the, all the details. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, for it to end on this reveal that, oh gosh, Ruby's a demon. Oh, what's that about? And that she can help with Dean's deal. It's like, oh, fuck. I did like how they throw the Dean Steele part into it, because even though there's a mystery with the bomb, um, I think it would be unbelievable if Sam was just like, okay, I'm in. (laughs) Oh, yeah, totally. So I really do like that she knows how to work him and they put this in from the start um, because it gives justification for Sam making this kind of like semi-alliance thing. Yeah, no, Um, for sure. And I think the only reason that you can have this after this scene with Dean and Lisa is because that she's bringing up the deal. Mm Because the whole reason that Dean won't, you know, go try even to live normal life at this point is because Mm -hmm. of his deal. So you're like, oh, well, that was devastating, but maybe actually there's, there's some kind of hope. Mm -hmm. So like, I I get it. It's still like, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. I like the unknown. I like that, that this is pretty sketchy and we're going to leave it there. I love that she's sketchy. Mm -hmm. She's just, you know, she's just girl bossing. I'm sorry that I keep saying that. I just, <laughs> I just it, the idea of being a girl boss is just so stupid that I have to bring it up all the time. Any last notes? I'm all good. Me too. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Awesome. Do you guys, uh, do you guys want to hear about the fanfic? Let's hear <laughs> it. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's do the fanfic. So listen, here's the thing. If you were to give Dean Winchester a baby, it would fix him. Oh. <laughs> he would be fixed. Give that man a baby. Disagree. And now I'm realizing, unfortunately, that that's basically the summary of the fic that I picked. I didn't look at the summary until after I said all that. So, oops. This fic is called Like a Dog with a Bird at Your Door. It's by AO3 user Dean Coded. The, the O is a zero. So it's spelled like it sounds except the zero. Summary, just a little something I wrote while I was having some feelings about Dean with babies. A baby would have fixed him. Yeah, um, author after my own heart. Yeah, I, you know, I totally agree. This one is rated G. It is a slash fic technically. It's a dusty elf fic. We've got Cass, Dean, Sam, and Jack Klein going on. So I apologize for the content that you have no context for, Jordan. (laughs) 
uh, additional tags are Baby Jack Klein, Fluff Angst, Dean Winchester's Season 13 Widower Arc, First Kiss, Getting Together, Love Confessions. It was published this year in May, and it only has around 1,300 hits. So go give this fix some love. If you like soft baby stuff and intense emotions surrounding the Widower Arc, which if you like Dean, you should have intense emotions surrounding that. I certainly do. I certainly do. Anyway, give that man a baby. Daddy Dean. I think it could. I'm not saying you're completely wrong, but I am saying someone with so much trauma and stuff, it either helps them move through it or they both suffer and burn. I think it would definitely be a way to make Dean reevaluate the things in his life. Yes. Especially since we know like his only focus has ever been family, specifically his brother. But now like that focus is now going to have to shift. And there may be certain aspects of your family you want to protect your child from. I think it's an interesting thing to explore. I do too. I love the concept. Send me all your kid fix. I go crazy for them. Allie's grimacing. <laughs> Sorry, just the phrase kid fix. It just means it's, it's focused on child rearing. <laughs> you know what it means, but after an episode with Dean approaching children in a park. Okay, it's not I know, like I know. that. I will fight you. I, mean, I don't think he's kidnapping a child. Is kid fix like impreg? No. <laughs> Jordan, stop saying things to get a rise out of me. Well, yeah, but you did suggest a Harry Potter impreg fic one. I didn't suggest it. I brought it up. Oh, Jasper's fair. like, this Relevant. is my number one favorite. I read my it every name. time I'm down. <laughs> I give it all of the bunny rabbits or whatever the rating system is on AO3. Shut bunny up. Rabbits. Oh my god. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> so Jordan, what would you rate this episode? Ooh. I honestly don't think this episode was super memorable and I felt like it worked backwards like in the writer's room they were like we want to have this good heartfelt scene with Dean and Lisa at the end how do we make this happen and then they went the weirdest way of going about it yeah so I think I'm gonna give it like a three out of five children yeeted into the lake (laughs) oh no I'm surprised you didn't give it a a burnt grilled cheese. Oh, the burnt grilled cheese. I should have. Grilled cheese was so burnt. (laughs) What Um, about you, Ellie? I have similar feelings. It was like good enough. I was going to give it a 75%, like just very average. However, she's so pretty. I'll give it a four out of five. Wow. (laughs) Because of that. Well, it's a 0.25, to be fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I will give it a four out of five insanely creepy children. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I like that. What about you, Jasper? Yeah, I don't know. I'm really feeling, I'm really feeling a 2.75 on this one. I don't know. I just think the pacing, the pacing is all fucked up. Why are Katie's mom and Lisa two different characters? What the fuck is going on with the realtor and the construction site? Mm -hmm. And like... Dean being really weird and inappropriate. I don't know. There's just so much that I'm just like question mark. Mm. And I feel like there's really only that one good scene at the end. And the rest of it is just crap. I don't know. And like, man, there's some really pretty women in this episode. So I hate to give it under a three, but you know. (laughs) 
we're going 2.75 out of five epic bounce houses. Epic. Epic. <laughs> well, I guess I should let you all know what I think is going to happen next episode. Yes, I would love to hear what you think is going to happen oh, next God. episode. I genuinely have no clue. Let me think. So now we have this revelation about the mother of the boys having all of her well, it was supposed to be like close friends, but towards the end, we found out it was like acquaintances too. Yeah, just, and like her her doctor who delivered her baby or whatever. Yeah, just totally gone. That seems like a major plot point. So if we're like season two, we're probably not going to hear about it for another nine episodes. <laughs> so True. I'm going to guess we're going to focus on the, the, the curse or the deal that Dean has made. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Maybe start... Maybe Sam is going to, like, try and set up some kind of, like, fake hunt to get close to finding something, like a clue he wants to investigate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe they'll find, like, a magical object or something, like a rock that you can use to smash deals. I don't know. (laughs) Magic rock. Yeah. Okay. That's... All right. A magic rock. All right. Yeah. I'll keep it. I'll keep it short since I gave, like, big predictions last episode incredible mm-hmm. so magical object is what is your guess yeah okay love that or a big rock yeah, <laughs> oh, or, or just a, a magical object or just a really big rock yeah <laughs> thanks for tuning in to on the road with supernatural our theme music was composed by anthony ployhart and special thanks to sophia london for our logo If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural, or contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Buffalo, New York. Bye. Bye. Bye.